Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've got a really special guest with me. His name is Micah Kleekamp. He currently serves at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. But I, when I met him, I first met him, well, my first impression of him was that was he had to be a good guy. He was wearing a Broncos jersey, after all. Uh, and he happened to be, be my former youth pastor. So, Micah, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, granted, you know, later on I grew to be a Cardinals fan as well, but, you know. Anyway. <laughs> so, needless to say, um, we have a very long history together. We've known each other for about, oh, 15 years, I'd say, mm-hmm, off and yeah. on. Uh-huh. And so I I want to invite him on because and the poem that I've selected for this evening, I want to invite him on because he was around during that time, although he did not know half of the events that were going on during that time. And the poem itself is entitled Senior Year. Okay, so if we're ready, I will read. Come home to find you've been arrested. What for? I don't know. Suck it up, deal with it, bury it deep. Truth is, I can't handle this. Cast a weathered glance up to the sky. Lash out in anger, demanding why. Yet the heavens are silence. Go to school, everything's fine. There I'm a different person, living a a different life. Time goes by, you're seated on your bed. I don't know what's wrong, you're unresponsive. Call for help, the ambulance arrived. All of a sudden, you're just fine. They leave, you think I lied. Now you're angry at me. A few months pass by, and it's time to graduate. But you never made it too sick, or was I mistaken? I scanned all the faces, you weren't there in the crowd. I received all the accolades when they called my name. Offering my thanks to the people with a hollow smile. But where were you? I'm dying inside. I just want a taste of normality. But it was not meant to be. Yet someone was watching. Someone was smiling and crying with me. My friend of friends and king of kings. And the reason I wrote that is because back when I was going through that time, there was a lot of things that were going on at home that I could not bring to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I, and I think a lot of people are in that situation and where they feel like, well, I can't tell and I can't really tell anybody what's really going on because family secrets are family secrets. Yeah. I mean, what, what would you, I mean, where to even start with, where do we even start? I mean, because that's, that's, how many, first of all, how many people do you think are in that situation and what would be your advice to them? In regards to, well, it depends. I mean, there, you know, I think all of us go through areas in our lives where we've got things that are deep and personal to us. Does everybody need to know that? No. Um, here's the problem with social media sometimes is social media allows us to kind of get involved in people's lives, even if we don't even know them. 
which can be a dangerous thing because there are some things that really don't need to be shared or shared specifically to specific people, which is okay. But to the world, I don't think it's all right. Mm -hmm. So obviously social media is a whole nother thing, but but I, I think it's important that you do have someone that you can bounce these things off of. The last thing you need is to keep everything bottled up inside. Um, that's going to cause enough uh, problems in your own life if that if that's the case. And I think I, I mean I can tell you I've been I've been totally guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You know where like I mean you know I went to to youth group and I mean there were some things that I said but then there were just some things I'm like nope I can't go there. Sure. Why? And I think. I think that, that that's even a problem within the, the whether you're a Christian or you're not. I think that that is a, one of the biggest problems. And I think a lot of times people kind of look at you and it's like, well, you've got everything figured out, right? You, once you become a Christian, everything gets figured out, right? And I don't know about you, but that's like further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Tracy, you were saying that when you become a Christian, everything you get figured out? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot a lot of people assume that once you become a Christian, everything just suddenly works out and gets figured yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you don't end up getting straight teeth, and and uh, you know, I mean, things just things just don't, you know, you still deal with the realities of life. I think the biggest difference in becoming a Christian and dealing with those things now is that you have a you have the Bible says that that you have someone you you have God that's on your side. You're no longer called an enemy of God, but now you're called a friend. And it, it radically changes your position in the Lord's eyes. Um, he, still, he, he still loves you no matter what, but now you're no longer, you're no longer facing God's wrath because of, of, this, of the sin that has kept, that, that keeps all of us um, outside of a relationship with God. Until that sin is dealt with, and that sin is dealt with through Jesus Christ, we're considered enemies of God because of that sin. God being a holy God must judge it. And so as soon as that's taken out of the way, then all of a sudden my relationship with God jumps to a whole nother level. It becomes a lot more personal. And uh, then I can begin to take the things of God and begin to apply them to my life. I take scriptures and I can begin to apply them to my life. Um, and that's when that's when the amazing stuff begins to happen, because though I still go through difficulty and though I still go through hardship, I know that God is right there with me and, he, and he's sovereign and he's in control of my life. And I can submit that to him. And uh, I know he's going to take care of it. Yet I know that there are a lot of people. I mean, when I wrote this, believe me, there were a lot of questions where I had I was asking why, especially when, you know, when I came home and I found out my mom had been arrested. My first thought was. You've got to be kidding me. Are you really? Really? Yeah. You know? And so a lot of people may find, may come home and, and, and maybe they got some other crud going on in their lives. And maybe they don't have that relationship. So, but so rather than actually being called a friend of God, they kind of look up to this guy and going, okay, my life is screwed up. You mind fixing it if you even if you even care? And so what? And so the biggest question that they are asking is, well, does God give a care? Yes, absolutely. God does care. The thing is, what happens is God loves us so much that he allows us to make free choice. And so what, what typically happens, though, is we can easily come to God and we can say, well, you know, God, fix my problems or fix my situations because I've chosen to do these things and maybe I've gotten myself into trouble. And so we have to be careful that we don't treat God like a genie in a bottle. Because, see, there's a bigger purpose for God 
that he desires in, in each person's life than just to be there to fix his problems. And if God doesn't come through, then he must not exist. And, and what happens is we can sometimes take our idea of God and bring that to the table. And a lot of times it's false because you ask one person one thing and they'll tell you a different answer. And everyone seems to have their own ideas and answers that fit their own likings. And so we have to be careful when, when we come. So we need to go to the Word of God and hear what the Word of God says to be able to get our definition of who God is, how he, how he views us, how He loves us, what His plan is for us. And all that can be found in Scripture. Well, that raises an, another question because someone might say, well, yeah, that's another, that's your version of reality. But what about someone who may see another portion of Scripture such as, I don't know, um, Book of Mormon or uh, the Koran? What makes the Bible absolute Scripture? Well, there's a lot of things. First of all, you've got, you've got your factual evidence. I mean, when you look at the validity of the Bible, you've got your factual evidence, which is, you know, obviously the things that the Bible talks about, um, archaeological evidence, things that have been found, things that bear testimony. Uh, you've got the, the, the manuscripts that are, that are presently uh, available um, that have been uh, recovered. Uh, I mean, you think about if someone asks you, do you believe in Shakespeare? Well, I've never met the man, obviously. He lived before me, but do I, would, I, would I say that he didn't exist? And I would have to say, Yes, he did exist. And why? Well, because there's manuscript evidence. But even though I, ha even though I can say that in a general term, the Bible, um, the closest thing I think that the book that we have that we would consider v valid would be, the, would be um, Homer's um, Iliad and the Odyssey. I believe that is, we have the most manuscript evidence for that book being valid. But actually, on top of that, the Bible surpasses that with the amount of manuscripts that we have available. And so we have to be careful when we, when we come and we, and we make a judgment call, we have to, we have to put it all on the same page. You know, is, is, is Shakespeare real? Why? Okay. Well then why? What's the reason? Well, manuscript evidence testifies that it's real. Is the Homer's Iliad and Odyssey real? Well, why? Because, because we can go back and we can take a look at the manuscript evidence. We can look at the copies that we have. Well, then Let's put the Bible in the same category. And yes, we see that that far surpasses anything that, that, that we have. Um, and that's just one um, idea. Uh, that's one actually um, fact. But if we go and we look at, there's so many other facts. And obviously, we probably not, that could be a whole other discussion um, you know, on the validity of the Bible. Is, is, is the Bible trustworthy? And maybe we can do another podcast on that and mm. really kind of um, tackle that head on. But I would. I think I think I think that would be a really good idea. I think a lot of people would find that interesting because, again, um, I'm sure that there are both Christians and skeptics, and you know the skeptics are going, "Come on, you guys are basing this off of a Christian po point of view." I don't believe the Bible, so what I got, I don't believe. In fact, I'm an evolutionist for crying mm -hmm. out loud. You know, you guys are are are, are believing in in a in a in a pipe dream. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there, and so that's. One of the reasons I'm doing this is because I want I want to address those questions mm -hmm. head on. I know I know what I believe. You know what you believe. But I'm also looking at this from a well. What about someone who doesn't mm -hmm. believe? You know how do what answer do we have for them? Right. And so you know, I mean, I guess I guess the biggest thing is okay. Let's say for a moment we know the Bible is real. Okay, and let's say it's factually valid. All right, so then 
if we have free choice and God just allows stuff to happen, to what end? What's the point of it? I mean, is he like some cosmic killjoy? No, we have to understand that that the things that happen in the things that happen in this world, the things that happen in our lives, the things that happen that we experience in life, we're going to experience ups and we're going to experience downs. We have to be careful that when we experience life that we don't classify it and say that um, that it's all God's fault, whatever happens. Because see, really, really, God has given us freedom of choice to do the things out that 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 we like. Um, but also, we have to understand too that that the reality of this world um, is suffering the consequences of sin, and that's a whole other topic in itself. But but that's why we see everything kind of winding down. Um, things aren't getting better; they're actually getting worse. And so the Bible talks about that as well. And so when we when we take a look at all these all these things. We have to be careful that we don't end up blaming God for all the evil that there is in this world. Because, see, God has a, a bigger plan and a bigger purpose than a lot of times what I can see. But it is easy in my in my own mindset or my own thinking to think that, you know, what I'm doing right now is the right thing to do. And in my own mind, it could be. But yet, in on the larger scale of things, it, 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 it might not necessarily be that. And so part of it is, is, as a believer and as someone who believes the Bible, I believe that God, that God, the Bible, the Bible says that God's going to cause all things to work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes. And so I know that God has a purpose in my life that no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, no matter what difficulties come my way, that God's going to take those things and he's going to use those things to show how great he is. Now, I have to trust him in that because in the middle of that, I might not be able to see that. I might not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But yet, I know that, that God has given me hope and he's given me an encouragement. And I find that by, by reading his word, the Bible. And I think for, the, for, for I mean, the, you know, the, the, the next thought that comes to my mind is how do you trust someone you can't see when, especially if you're coming out of a situation where maybe you've grown up, you know, in a place where you're taught you don't trust anybody. True. Um, you know, when you when it comes to trusting the Bible, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, um, 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, trusting in the Lord requires faith, but um, and faith is required to, um, to believe in the Lord. But yet it's not a blind faith. You know, that word sometimes is thrown around, well, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. Well, what does that mean? And so what, what makes it difficult sometimes is we have to really define our terminology and what faith is. Faith is um, the absence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so when we look at faith, we there's always evidence linked to it. It's not something that's blind. It's not something that you're just closing your eyes and and taking a step forward and hoping that there's something underneath your foot when you land. The Bible gives you enough evidence to take the first step, um, especially when it comes to the person of Jesus Christ. Sometimes people jump on that bandwagon and, and believe that he's not God, and that's quite the contrary. But again, that's another topic. But the question is, when it comes to trusting the Lord, you got to take God at his word. Is what he says true? And if it is, then it needs to be followed. But if it's not, then why would I say that it's not? 
And I have to really start asking myself those questions because sometimes I can come to conclusions based upon personal preferences rather than factual evidence. So then you think that what we're saying, so if I'm understanding you right, in the Christian worldview, you're not talking about a blind faith, but you're talking about a, about a faith based on factual evidence. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you have to. I mean, th- that's what you have to do. And so uh, there's a great book out um, for those that are interested. It's called Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Lee was a, um, a lawyer, and he was, and I believe he was an atheist or agnostic, one of those, I can't remember. But his whole point was... No, he, he, I believe he, I actually read the book myself. He's, he was an, actually, he was an his atheist. His whole point was he wanted yeah, to disprove was, the Bible. And so, you know, that's a great starting point for somebody who um, possibly is listening to this podcast and is in the same boat. You know, hey, how could God do this? You know, or I can't believe in a God who would allow such and such to happen. And so maybe you're on the same boat with, uh, with Lee Strobel in that. That might be a great book to read. Another book would be Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. But these are all, there's a lot of books out there that can really answer those tough questions because a lot of times we can get so caught up with our questions that we think that we know the answer to them. And a lot of times we don't. We just, we, we had just grown up thinking, well, this is the answer. And, you know, I'm going to stand on that. But yet, if truth comes around, we're not willing to look at that and analyze it and be objective because we're so stuck on our question. And we kind of stand behind that as being, oh, well, that's the mm-hmm. silver bullet. But really, it's not. There's really no silver bullets at all when it comes to the things of God, you know, questions or things that are going to destroy the Bible because it's just not true. You know, it's funny, at least for me, you know, when I was a non-believer and someone approached me with the truth, my first reaction was, do not tell me about your God and about your Bible until you prove he's real. Now, it wasn't because I actually didn't believe Mm -hmm. he was real. The reason I actually reacted that way, and maybe there's someone out there who is feeling this, this way, the reason I reacted that way it's because, not because I didn't believe he was real. Sure, I believed in a God, deep down, if I really wanted to lay down mm-hmm. and actually address the issue. But it was because I was outright pissed. Sure. I was yeah. teed off. Because there was so much that had happened in my life and in my situation that had led me to the situation mm-hmm. that I was at. Where I was like, you know what? You probably don't give a crap about me, and I don't necessarily care about you. So as long as we're on those terms, mm-hmm. we're fine. And, you know, that's a tough thing because sometimes we look at the things in our lives and we make judgment calls. That doesn't make that doesn't mean that they're right. And we do that all the time. You know, we do it with different no. things because of our circumstances, our feelings. We we can uh, view things because we don't have all the facts. And that's just the problem with with us as humans is we think we know everything. And we really don't. And so we're learning as we're as we're moving forward. And yet, uh, you know, those things, I mean, if you look at your own life, Teresa, your feelings were legitimate at that time. Your pain was legitimate at that time. That's not going to be, you know, put aside. But yet from that pain and from those difficulties, those led you to a place where you realized that you weren't in control. You realized that you didn't have it all together. Whether you were mad at God or not, the reality of the situation came came to a head and you found yourself n- no longer trying to find strength in yourself, but you found yourself looking up and really, you know, to a place of, you know, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. 
You know, and it, it, it's funny. I, I don't even know that I asked him that, but he actually showed himself or at least started by showing me uh, that there was the supernatural because I was even doubting the existence of, you know, because I'm like, well, I'm just trying to scrape by here and I really don't have time for anything super weird or supernatural sure. or super anything, <laughs> you know, and God showed me beyond the shadow of a doubt that there was a supernatural. Now, granted, he showed me that there was a war. The, uh, the best way I could describe it is that he showed me there was a war and there were actual mm. demons. And I didn't know what to do with it. I knew nothing about that. I mean, the only experience I had had was some experience at an Episcopal church, okay? But I didn't understand half of what it meant. And I was like, okay, what do I do with this? And I have no idea what I just experienced, but I experienced something and it scared mm -hmm. the crap out of me, <laughs> you know? And so I had that and then I had someone laying down the gospel in front of me and I went, well, what if? Even though I was mocking them publicly, oh, please, mm -hmm. give me a break, you know? I In the back of my mind, I was still going, what if? Mm -hmm. What if? And I finally had to come to a place where I finally had to go, okay, all right, yes, I've heard your message. I get it, and I'm yours. And that, it, you know, I'm actually working on a book, um, and I will be going in a lot more into detail uh, about that. It's, it's a work in progress. But I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of people, they sit there and they say, well, I don't believe in, God, in, in, in a God. And at least from what I found, the person that says that, if, they, if they're really honest, they actually do believe they're just not on good terms with him. They don't like him for whatever reason. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, if you think about it, when we were created, when God created humans, he created the first man and woman. Um, he he created um, what what was a, a God shaped void in their heart. Like man was basically created to worship God. That's how he was created. So when he chooses not to worship right. God, he he will worship another God. He will worship his own God. He will worship himself. He will place himself as God. It, it's just it's the natural tendency within man is to worship. So even even if you don't know what you're worshiping that sense of that need for worship is there. And so uh, the Bible basically tunes us in and aligns us back up with understanding what that's all about. Well, if let's say there's someone that, that kind of is hearing this, this message and hearing this talk and going, okay, maybe you're right. And maybe I have been angry at God and maybe my life has just gone to crud and maybe I'm not in a good place. But if you're saying that, you know, there's something different out there, what is my next step? Well, really, your next step, the Bible says, is that you can find it in John 3.16. Because John 3.16 John 3, basically kind of gives you the heart of God. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the first thing to do is realize that, that, that you need him. And that you and that and that um, and that you realize that he's he, he loves you, and then you realize that you need him. And part of that need for him is realizing it's a surrender on your part, saying, you know, God, I want you to take control of my life. 
I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to change my life. Now, it's the work of God. It's not a work of me. I don't become a Christian and then, and then say, well, God, thanks. I got it from here. No, it's an ongoing daily relationship with the Lord. And that's the difference between, you know, any other religion in the world and Christianity where the God that's offended in other religions has to be appeased by my works. You know, what am I going to do to make God like me? Or what am I going to do to make God happy? Because he's got to be upset. That's religion. But yet Christianity comes down and it presents a God who's a, who's offended, who actually gives us, gives us his son as the sacrifice for our sins so that we can be made right with God. And when we receive that, then all of a sudden God declares me to be righteous, not because I've done anything, but because of what he's done. So it's the, it's the complete opposite. So it's like, it's the great switcheroo. It's like, I get, I get God's righteousness and I trade him my, my, my sin. And yet God gives me his righteousness. And yet God views me that way, not because of me, but because of what his son's done. And so when I receive his son and I accept that, and I, and I believe that in my heart, the Bible says that I'm now called a child of God. And the Bible says now that I, I will spend eternity in heaven with him. Um, and it's an amazing thing, but uh, that's pretty much simply the gospel, that God loves man. God's desiring to have a relationship with him, that sin separates us from God, and God wants to take care of that separating sin. And so he sends his son. His son, Jesus Christ, is the perfect sacrifice. He takes upon um, the sins of the world. He dies. He rises again, conquering sin and death. And then now I'm considered righteous in God's sight because of what Jesus has done by faith in him. And so really, it's just simply believing in your heart that you want the Lord. You want Jesus. You want him in your life. And you can say a simple prayer. You can uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific type of prayer, but but really it's just acknowledging that you want Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. You want him to take away your sin and you want him to have complete control mm-hmm. of your life. You believe what he said and you're just going to act upon that. That's basically what I did. I was It wasn't a formal um, anything. Yeah. In fact, I was it was around Christmas Eve and I was. uh I was just, I just listened to a Night Sounds radio show. It was like an old radio show. I don't even know if it's still on anymore. But the guy pretty much was like, I'm talking to someone who's heard the gospel before. You know it's yeah. true. Why not give it a chance? And I, I just, I turned off that radio. And I remember that night so clearly. I remember just getting on my knees and I just remember, I just remember telling God, all right, all right, I'm yours. I know what it means. And, well, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what I was quite agreeing to, except I just knew I wanted to be his. And that, you know, and that to me was, you know, um, you know, I'll probably cover in future podcasts some of the ramifications of that. But as it stands now, you know, I knew I'm Mm -hmm. a Christian. Now, does that mean that um, I'm doing now? Does that mean that, that there are not questions that are fully resolved? Uh, no, <laughs> and I, I, and that's kind of, and I think we'll be covering some of those in in future shows with other people. But, Micah, do you have any other uh, final comments before we sign no, off? No, I think. I mean, I just, you know, I'm excited for 
for, uh, you know, people that hear this and are excited for, you know, the questions that they're going to have. And even if they post those things, I'd love to be able to get back with them. Again, uh, I'd love to be able to answer those questions. So people write those in, um, definitely send those to me and I'll get back with them. Yeah, and you can send those to. You can either post them um, on the uh, comments and on this on the show notes page, and that'll be found at Unresolved Life or Unresolved dot Life, and uh, or you can send them to um, info at Unresolved Life or Teresa at Unresolved Life, and I will do my best. Just just make sure you uh, indicate what sh- what show you were listening to when when you had the question, and I will be sure to get it to the speaker. So. With that, guys, the only thing I, I want to say is uh, thank you, Micah, thank for you. coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure, and we will definitely have you back sure. if you're if you're up for it. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, guys, if you have found this uh, show useful to you, if you have found it thoughtful and, and helpful in any way, I ask that you would do me a favor and, you know, subscribe, rate, and review it, please. I mean, I, I want to get it high up in in iTunes so that we can help other people. And with that, guys, I'm Teresa Blaze. This has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. We'll speak to you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.